All right, and welcome back to the Cheap Seats. I, of course, am your franchise backup, Nathan. With me, as always, is my BP All-Star, Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hello. And the armchair quarterback, Rich. How you doing, Rich? Yeah, still alive. Still here. We are getting set for what is already week four in an, in an incredibly entertaining uh, NFL season. But before we get into that first, um, the baseball playoffs are underway. And from what I saw last night, the Astros have swept the Twins. No trash cans needed. Hats off to them. And the NHL playoffs, as weird as this is to say, because it's the end, it's October 1st today, officially. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs are over, finally. And Tampa Bay, of course, winning the Stanley Cup. Rich is enthusiastic about the victory the other night. That was horrendous. We were handed it. <laughs> we were handed a cup. It's over. It's done with. We can now focus on what's going to be a new um, NHL season in um, what sounds like two months. I think Rich was telling me the other night that they've got something like 10 days to figure out salary cap issues and then free agency and the off season, technically, however that works, however that starts. And the draft is only, I think next weekend. Yeah. Next Friday. So just some things to look forward to in the world of sports. But again, um, we are, what's that? Go ahead. I was just a small nugget on the, before we move on, just a small nugget on the uh, Astros and twins for the Minnesota twins. That is the 18th straight, postseason loss in that is in horrendous yes the 18th straight postseason loss is that's horrendous <laughs> that's horrible well, the Braves just won their first series in 19 years that's even harder to believe but i guess it's true and game one for the braves and reds went 13 innings. The Braves won that in the bottom of the 13th, one nothing, game one. Baseball can be entertaining sometimes. 13 innings is not entertaining. <laughs> At least not for this guy. Nothing, nothing all the way through. <laughs> yeah. So moving um, back into the NFL, unless Rich wants to throw out the awkward Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins baseball statistic again. Oh, the Marlins have been to the playoffs. This will be their third time. The previous two, they have won the World Series. Did they play their game one yet? Yeah, they won game one, 5-1, and today's game was postponed due to rain in Chicago, I guess. Yeah, it's rescheduled for tomorrow at 2 p.m. That's the rescheduled time. There you go. So the Miami Marlins looking to be the only team to be perfect as far as winning playoff series and winning World Series. Wouldn't that be – that's a whole different – could you imagine? Every time your franchise goes to the playoffs, you win a championship. And it's not totally out of the cards. It is – 2020 I mean, stranger things have happened in this year than the Marlins winning the world series. Yeah. I mean, I, they were entertaining to watch when they won the first world series. And I think the second one, 
Rich will remember too. The second one was kind of like they, you could see them loading up a little bit, bringing in Pudge, you know, and, and some of the guys they had there at the time. That was the closest thing I think that they had to a team that could have won more than one World Series. The problem, of course, their owner was a greedy son of a bitch. Well, and, there's nothing different thus. in 2020 with Derek Jeter. He's a greedy son of a bitch, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe the Marlins have figured it out. We'll just get owners who are greedy sons of bitches. <laughs> so back to the incredibly entertaining um, NFL Week 3, as we've been doing you know, for the last that we've been doing this. We will back quickly at at uh, at week three, and I I think I don't want to say all of us. I did. I completely did not see Monday night going the way it did. At least not as poorly as it did. I know Rich was at home losing his mind. He was enjoying that, telling me to drop Lamar Jackson from my fantasy team. Um, I don't think there was a whole lot in week three that. There wasn't like this bloodshed of injuries. There wasn't, I think, the craziest thing aside of the Monday night football that was incredibly one-sided. I don't care how you look at it, was Steven Goskowski went from hot to cold to hot to cold to hot to winning a game. I I I can't look back at last week unless you guys have something that really stood out to you. Um, I don't think as far as football's concerned last week was not, it was a weird week for picks. I'll tell you guys that we had seven lone wolf games last week. And of course they, they continue to be poor. We were two and five as a group. I was two and two and four lone wolf games last week. Rich lost his picking the chargers to beat the Panthers and Jordan was zero and two in his when Buffalo lost a 28 to three lead came back and won the game. And then of course, picking Houston against Pittsburgh. All in all, picks last week were were not Jordan went eight, seven and one. And yeah, I took the ties in because I don't Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Give me your thoughts on that game because that was probably the let's not say the worst. Was that the worst game last week, do you think? Oh, it could have been. It was, it was probably the most boring game I've watched in a while. It was just not, we threw horrendous out already earlier and we were talking about baseball stats and, and stuff. It was one of those games where it was like nothing was going right and everything was kind of you would you could see the game progress and then something stupid would happen and you could see the game progress and something stupid would happen and they got to overtime and it was like no one wanted to win. It was probably the stalest overtime game I can remember. Nobody could really move the ball. Nobody could really get anything going. And when the Eagles got something going and had a chance to kick a field goal, they jump off sides and they blow the chance to kick the field goal. And then you're, there's only was like what 25 seconds left in the game. Instead of run a play and take a shot, you punt the damn ball away. Yeah, and I mean, I think if 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 I'm remembering correctly, there would have been like a. I mean, it was a long field goal field goal to begin with for the game winner. It was 56 yards or whatever, 57 yards, whatever it was. 
and then a five-yard penalty on top of that with the offsides. I mean, it's not like that's out of Jake Elliott's range. Jake Elliott could have easily kicked a 63-yard field goal. He's done it before. Yeah. Go, I, for go for the win. I think if you're not going to kick the field goal, you got to at least want to play. Because worst case scenario, you saw they punted and there was something like 12 or 13 seconds left when Cincinnati got the ball and all they did was run a draw play and didn't even try anything. Nothing. So that was, it was, to me, it was just a stale, stale game. I think Rich said at best, it was incredibly boring. I, I, we said going into week two, there's something wrong in Philadelphia and you can't blame Cincinnati really. They're, they're working with you know, a rookie quarterback. They're working with some pieces that A.J. Green needs to either figure it out or get out of town, I think, at this point. He can't be happy with not winning. And in the same respect, Allen Robinson in Chicago just two weeks ago was like, I need to get out of here, get rid of me, whatever. And I'm really unhappy with the way things are going. And then he just went off. These guys need to figure it out. I mean... The Bengals, they're going to have those growing pains with Joe Burrow. The Eagles, there's no excuse. Not more. Thinking of the Eagles and the Bengals, I've heard this trivia so often this last week that I'm going to put it on the show. The Bengals and the Eagles tied in 2008. Same two teams tied. That was the the uh, Donovan McNabb doesn't understand that an NFL game can end in a tie. Like your quarterback in the national football, whatever. Going into week four, there are still a handful, six to be exact, 0-3 teams. And we brought this up last week when we said, these teams that are 0-2, who's in trouble? Now we're at 0-3 and you can kind of, there's teams, and, and Jordan said, of course, the Giants are probably the one team that could be in desperate times of going 0-16. But they might just, Rich said they might just beat the Eagles. Um, Houston, and we all saw the way that that went down uh, Sunday with the Steelers. The Jets are the Jets, and the Broncos, of course, are 0-3. The Vikings are 0-3. The Giants, of course, 0-3. The Giants, um, subsequently, are 1-3 without Saquon Barkley in the lineup, and they have averaged only 14.3 points per game. That's not going to win you a whole lot of football. Um, and, of course, Atlanta is 0-3 for the first time since 2007 and has allowed 20 or more unanswered points in each of their last two games, including 20 in the final nine and a half minutes to Chicago and Nick Foles on Sunday. So I will quickly throw the question back to you guys. If you look at those six teams, the Broncos, Jets, Vikings, Texans, Giants, and Falcons, if we take the Giants out of the equation, because we know what we're looking at with the Giants, and now without Saquon Barkley, Devonta Freeman comes in. He didn't show a whole lot of in a short week. Of these 0-3 teams, are any of them really in that we-need-to-figure-it-out emergency mode right now? If you take the Giants out of the equation, I'm going to personally, I'd stay in New York and go to the Jets. I mean, last week against the Colts, 
the very first pass that Sam Darnold throws, the very first play of the game, pick six. Like, there's just something wrong in with both teams in New York. There's just something wrong in New York. Yeah, both teams are not enjoying a good time right now. Rich, did any, any of those 16, well, aside of the Giants, any of those other five teams stand out to you as a team that needs to be in super desperation mode? Uh, the loser of Minnesota and Houston, like their season's over after they lose this game. So, like, actually, no, you would think either team would be 0-3 at this point, let alone one of them's going to be 0-4, or at least 0-3-1. That would be, if they tie... Can we not do that ever again? Um, I actually have that. There's two 0-3 games this week. One is coming up tonight. Um, Broncos-Jets from the Meadowlands or whatever the hell they're calling the stadium, Event Life Stadium. Denver will be starting. I sent this to you guys too earlier the other day. Um, Denver is starting Brett Rippon, and I wanted to do my, uh, my due diligence and look and see if he was any relation to uh, Ryan or Mark. Yeah, um, and I didn't get there. If he's young enough, I, I would assume he's, he's related to Mark at, uh, somehow. I forget what it is. I don't even think he's his actual son, like a, a nephew or something. Well, Mark, I think it's his brother's kid. It's like his nephew. His, his brother's kid. Well, Mark's got a younger brother, Ryan, who played in the National Hockey League for the Vancouver Canucks and unfortunately lost his life to substance abuse during in a very bad time, the national hockey league. I didn't get a chance. I wanted to, to do the research and see if it was, but he will be their third starting quarterback in four games. And this is a, you know, these two offenses, when you, when you think of your third quarterback in your fourth game, Denver has a number 29 offense in the national football league right now. And they're going up against the jets who have the number 32 offense in the league right now. The Jets have scored 20 or fewer points in 13 of their last 20 games going back through 2019, and 10 of the 12 losses they have in Adam Gase have come by more than double digits or in double digits because more than double would be triple, and that would be amazing. Um, The Jets subsequently coming into this game are the only team to not lead at any point during a game this season. You talk about two teams that are in trouble, and I don't know. Adam Gase was already told he's safe. No matter what happens tonight, he's safe. If you're a fan of the Jets, if if somebody hears this and you are a fan of the Jets, message us somewhere. If you're a fan of the Jets, though, and you hear that kind of thing, like your head coach is 0-3, you're terrible, you know, of your 12 losses since last year, 10 of them have been by 10 or more points. Um you've given up, you've scored fewer than 20 points in 13 of your last 20 games. Like, are you, if you're a fan, how long do you deal with being a fan? Like Jordan's still a Giants fan. It's not like he's going to vacate the Giants. The difference I think is the Giants went out and got Saquon and until some injury bugs have happened, they were working on patching the, their offensive line. I think they just over scouted Daniel Jones. But if you're a Jets fan, they're, they're not doing anything. 
How long do you stay being a Jets fan? I didn't think they had fans. <laughs> They're just that other team that plays in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, there's a reason they both play in one stadium. I'm just saying. <laughs> Somebody's got to, you know, somebody has to bring fit. And that's what's crazy is the Giants hey, for being. Games in there, it looks like you sold out. Or, yeah, if you get 16 games in there, it looks like you sold out eight, maybe. <laughs> the Giants, hats off to their fans. Their, their Giants are some loyal people. I'll give them that. Um, and as, as Rich said, the other 0-3 matchup this week comes at 1 o'clock, in the 1 o'clock window, as they, as they call it. Um, Minnesota goes to Houston, plays the Texans. And both of these offenses, Minnesota is 22 and Houston is 28, near the bottom of the league. Here's where things get sketchy. Houston, who once upon a time had a respectable defense, they're ranked 23rd coming into the game. Minnesota is the number 30 defense. One of these offenses is going to have to figure out how to take advantage. Houston has the number 31 rushing offense and Minnesota has number eight. What are the odds that we see Minnesota take advantage of this defense? Well, they're going to have to. Someone's got to score points. Yeah. It depends on what Cousins shows up. You know, I had a question mark there, too. I was like, which franchise quarterback decides to play this game? Is Does Kirk Cousins show up and, and be a leader for this team? Or does Deshaun Watson, who's... I think if you watch the Pittsburgh game, there was times where Deshaun Watson was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it all by myself. Yeah, the first half of that game, like he, he was really good. Like I, I was worried. I'm like, ah, I think we are going to lose this game. But the second half, like surprisingly to me, Tomlin actually made adjustments at the half and we shut them down in the second half and they did nothing. Nothing. Shut them out in the second half completely. Do either one of you guys think um, I mean, I assume the answer is yes, but with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins from Houston, who's obviously now in Arizona, and he's with the Cardinals, he's playing really well. Do you think that is hurting the offense? Like when Deshaun Watson was looking for an outlet pass or whatever, just looking for yards, he would always go to Hopkins, which is now what Kyler Murray's doing. I mean, do you think the offense is missing Hopkins? And that's part of the so reason for the 3 That's part of the reason for the zero three start. Yeah, I think you have to say yes, because his check down guys now who Will Fuller, who has only played parts. We, he was on the field in week two and didn't get a single target. He's constantly banged up, bruised, hurt something. And behind him is who? Brandon Cooks? And you Cobb. traded... What's that? Cobb. Cobb. So your receiving core is not... what it obviously was without DeAndre Hopkins. And you bring in David Johnson, who's 
had one good year, seriously, one good year in a in a league that has learned that the running back position is incredibly overrated. I think he's missing that. I think the whole thing, if you could have had both David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins on your team, I, I think that's a different dynamic. But when you don't have that solid pass catcher and you bring in a running back who's hit or miss, a lot more miss than hit, I don't know. I, I think his, I don't want to say his confidence is shaken, but you could see on his face in the later parts of that game on Sunday that he just looked like he didn't have an, he didn't have an answer. And he might not, he's not the guy necessarily that needs to have the answer. That's Bill O'Brien. And hats off to that guy. He's just a football genius right now. Next, he's going to trade away J.J. Watt. He's free agent after this year anyway. Well, there you go. I might as well trade him and get something for him. At least that's the way the National Hockey League looks at future free agents. Send him to Pittsburgh and let him reunite with his brothers. Right? That, that You know what? If he If Pittsburgh could find a way financially to make that happen rich would you be on board would you love jj watt on the line tj watt coming in behind him on the edge who wouldn't i mean (laughs) and find a way to keep bud dupree on the other side yeah we're gonna have to pay him too yeah that's it's getting scary Now, the, the 3-0 teams coming into this week, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Titans, they were the only 3-0 game this week until that got pushed. And we can maybe talk about that during the pick thing. Um, the only scary thing for Pittsburgh, and Rich brought this to my attention, was the combined record of all three opponents after three weeks is 0-9. So this would have been the first like real test for Pittsburgh. Uh, Chicago is 3-0. Seattle, Kansas City. Buffalo and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, I said when we were talking about the real quick with the matchup, Monday night matchup that they have with Atlanta. Green Bay has scored 35 or more points in all three games this season. And Buffalo, quick did you know if you guys didn't know this? Josh Allen was the first Bills quarterback with 300 passing yards and three passing touchdowns in a game in three consecutive games. Jim Kelly never threw for 300 yards and three passing touchdowns in three consecutive games. Boom. And of course, you you know, the... (laughs) This could be interesting, Rich. I know you're all excited for this bloodshed game. Atlanta's defense is ranked 31st right now. Green Bay has the number two offense. As long as they keep handing it to Jones. <laughs> They're not going to have to throw the ball after the first quarter and a half. No, and Aaron Jones is currently the number two ranked running back in the NFL behind Kamara. 
well, no offense to New Orleans, but that's that seems to be the only offense they have going too. Yeah, no doubt. Easy I saw a ridiculous run in it. Right. I mean, without Michael Thomas, it is you know you can see that kind of going that way. There was an interesting stat, and I saw it last night, and now it, it's. I wish I could get the right number, but it, it's only something like ten percent of Drew Brees' passes have been longer than fifteen yards in the air this season. He's not even taking deep shots. It's it's shorter stuff and letting his receivers do the work. I want to believe that that was the. I want to believe that's what it was. It was in and out of my mind so fast. And I saw it, like I said, I saw it wasn't there. So, I mean, we can ask the same question about the 3-0 and teams. The, the Chicago Bears have to be the surprise 3-0 and team. Yeah. To come from behind wins. I mean, they battled the Giants. The Giants, I mean, no no offense to the terrible Giants. We just talked about how bad they were, but they were in that game. Yeah, they were going for the game-winning drive. They had, I mean, with whatever it was, like six seconds or whatever it was, they tried for the game-winning touchdown, and it was incomplete, obviously, because they lost the game, but they, they had a chance to win it. So aside of aside of Chicago, is anybody are any of these teams really surprising to see it three and I think yeah. Chicago is just the shock because when yeah. I now it's Nick Foles. Trubisky's probably done playing for the Bears. Uh, I don't know if he's done playing for the Bears. It is Nick Foles. <laughs> You never know. I, I mean, I think they flip flop at least two more times for the season. Baby. Yeah, Foles had that problem with Jacksonville. That just seems like, with the exception of Gardner Minshew, that's where quarterbacks don't. If you're not Mark Brunell, you're not a good Jacksonville quarterback. Jordan, you have a surprise 3 0 team? If we're taking the Bears out of the equation, I'd say no. The Bears are really the only one that shocks me. So let's real quick, we'll wrap up week three. Jordan's going to give you his big-time player. I'm going to find my notes for my doghouse player because apparently those aren't on my sheet. Dear technical difficulties. (laughs) All right, well, I'll, I'll do my big-time player while you're in the search. I'm trying to figure yeah. out where it was. Rich can tell you, we were talking about this before we before we started recording. Everything up here the last couple of days has been off, at least in our area. Jordan's a little bit away from where Rich and I are, but in, in Tower City where Rich and I are, it, it, Internet's been weird, TV's been a little sideways. So God knows what happened to my the rest of this because I had more notes on here too. It's just gone. All right. Well, I'll do my big time player in the meantime. Um, I'll start off with my three honorable mentions like I usually do. 
Uh, first up on the honorable mention list, is, uh, I have Allen Robinson from the Chicago Bears. He had uh, 10 receptions for 123 yards and one touchdown. And like Nate mentioned, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, he was calling to be traded. And then he has this type of game, which is a big improvement from weeks one and two. And then next up on my list, I have uh, Daryl Henderson. Uh, he had 20 carries, 114 yards, and also one touchdown for the Rams. And then lastly, I have Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings. Seven receptions, 175 yards, and also one touchdown. And then that leads me up to my big-time player of the week, which was, this might even be a first for me and the show when it comes to this type of big-time player, but it's kicker Steven Goskowski. He was 6-for-6 six six on field goals and uh, point-after attempts. He had three field goals of 50-plus yards, 51, 54, and the game-winning 55-yarder. So that's that. A kicker for the big time player of the week. So my doghouse guy and I, I have really laxed and I've done coordinators and I've done offenses and I've done whole big chunks of teams. I pinned one and I was, I, I'm pretty sure I put it in our little chat thing that we have. Um, there were some stats going on and some things that were piling up during the Monday night game last week. And it's like, yeah, I think I found my doghouse guy. And to say this objectively, I was like, oh man, Carson Wentz is terrible. I could put him in the doghouse this week, but my doghouse player this week is, and I, I hate to admit this because he was my first pick in our fantasy draft, but Lamar Jackson not that his numbers were incredibly terrible. He didn't have a turnover this week. No picks. Well, he had a fumble. I believe he, I'm looking for it. This, this is what I'm saying. My notes are like not where I wanted them to be. I think he did have a fumble, but Baltimore recovered it, I think. But I'm having issues finding what I wanted. So I have a couple things on tap. He was 15 of 28 for 97 yards. Now, Herbert for the Chargers threw all over this defense the week before. This is not a juggernaut secondary in Kansas City. But you're 15 to 28, 97 yards and a touchdown to your tight end, Nick Boyle. And he rushed nine times for 83 yards and largely due in part to one monster run he had in the first quarter. This was a game that the Ravens were up 3 nothing. I don't want to say quickly, but in relative time. And then the Chiefs scored with like six and a half minutes left in the first quarter. And that was the end of the game. That was it. See ya. They got smoked. Lamar Jackson, for your teammates, especially guys like uh, Mark Ingram to come out at the end of last year and be like, this is my MVP, this is my quarterback, my MVP, MVP. Everybody talks about superstar MVP. When you want to talk about superstar and MVP and you go up against the previous MVP and you go up against a Super Bowl champion, if you're the MVP and you want to talk all this big game about how you're an MVP and how you're this great superstar elite player, this is when you've got to show up. 
you don't get to show up and ball out against you know the one and eleven Bengals or the two and fifteen Browns. You don't get to do that. That's you don't ball out against a last place team who's absolutely terrible. You, you go up against that like Aaron Rodgers tonight. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't go out tonight and throw for 500 yards and six touchdowns and Aaron Jones doesn't run for 190 yards against this against Atlanta on Monday. Who on Monday? Yeah, you're right. On Monday. Like who's who are the what lay to any kind of claim to fame do they have? I mean, they can't Aaron Jones is lighting the league up right now. If he doesn't come out against Atlanta and do the same thing, but yeah, who's the coach more, that said? They are who we thought they were. Like who I don't remember who the coach was that said that, but Green Bay is who we thought they were. Like that's Dennis Green. <laughs> Dennis Green talking about yeah the Chicago Bears when he was coaching the Atlanta Falcons or the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, Jackson had two fumbles and lost one. There you go. See, I can't. I'm telling you, my notes are gone. I'm I. As quickly as I could, I found some of the stat line from from the Monday night game. But I'm sorry, dude. You're my doghouse player this week. You got to figure it out. We'll talk about your matchup coming up when we come back. But you can't call yourself the MVP, and you can't throw all that clout around like you did at the end of last year. And and go. You've got to. This is the big game because you're not going to play them in the Super Bowl. Wait, when you see head to head, this is the game. And I, I think the NFL. Sorry, Lamar, you just found out who you're – when you talk about NFL and the, the future at the quarterback position and the elite quarterbacks, you just got smacked by one. All that being said, we're going to take our break. We're going to come back with the picks for week four. Hopefully, we can all get back on a on a more of an upswing this week. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Here we go. It's pick time. Jordan messaged me before we did this and um, longtime listener and fan, Corey, and I'm, I don't want to shred his last name, but I want to say it's Shearer. Yeah, that's right. Shearer, Shearer, something like that. I hate butchering last names because being around hockey for so long, I'm kind of a stickler for making sure they get done right. But we're going to bring him back next week for week five, and we're going to – it could be interesting having a Chicago Bears fan back on the show, a Chicago Bears fan on the show and potentially talking about the 4-0 Chicago Bears, which probably hasn't happened since 85 when they won the Super Bowl. Maybe. That's something for him to look up. There you go. When you come on next week, Corey, if they're 4-0, I want to know if this is if the last time they were four and zero was when they won the Super Bowl in '85 with Jim McMahon doing the Super Bowl shuffle. So we said about trying to be back on the uptick last week. Jordan went eight seven and one. Rich went nine six and one. I went ten five and one. I'm closing the gap slowly, very slowly. We all went 12 and 4 the week before. Thank goodness you guys took some lone wolf stuff while Rich allowed me to get one. That is what it is. But coming into week in the four, league. Andy, very you're still in the lead. It is what it is. Very 31 and 19. 
still in the lead, I think. Or 31-20. 31, 31-16-1. Rich is 29-18-1, and, and I am 28-19-1. It's close, but I'm still guys, in the lead. You're allowing me to kind of get myself back into this after that abysmal start to this season. Um, and we have been putting the the pick stuff up onto the page. Um, we'll do the same thing. And I added the lone wolf column to the end. That way we know if, it, if it's a lone wolf game, we'll put a little check mark in there, however we're going to do it. And then we'll keep track of how that's going because right now, two and five in the seven games last week, the lone wolf has not been doing very well. So without further ado, let's kick off our week four picks. And tonight, of course, uh, the Broncos head east to MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. I don't know if we have to spend too much time on this. We talked about it in the first part of this. Brett Rippon, the starting quarterback now for the Broncos, comes into town, comes into you know MetLife taking on the Jets, who are absolutely abysmal, and Adam Gase has nothing to lose. I'm taking Denver because I, if you've got nothing to lose, you've got nothing to play to win for. So in my opinion, Denver's going to take this one. It could be an, an ugly game, but for me, Denver. Rich? I too took Denver. I think they're they have a better offense, not by much, but they have a better running game. We'll put it at that, and I think they have a better defense, which that's why. Yeah, that's the key, Jordan. I'm also going with Denver. I had a split second where I was going to pick the Jets, only because of uh, Rippin. They're going with their third string quarterback in Denver, but. I just think there's too much offense, like Rich is saying, in Denver. And the defense is better in Denver. And New York is just terrible. So I'm going with Denver. <laughs> I, it's hard to, to say otherwise, you know. Um, the first 1 o'clock game that popped up, obviously, on the app for me, it's the Steelers game because they're my team and their mark is my favorite. They are not playing this week. Um, this whole COVID thing that happened with Tennessee. So I... It, the way it sounds, the most likely scenario is that game is going to get pushed to week seven. Um, the Ravens-Steelers week seven game would move to week eight. And the Ravens, who would have the bye week in week eight, would now have a bye week in week seven. If you can't follow that, that's fine. It's kind of confusing. So the first it, one o'clock... Sorry. I think the NFL is kind of treating this as... I think the Steelers' bye week... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, uh, you're both Steelers fans, so I know you can. But I think their bye was week nine. So they're just going to move their bye from nine to four. They're, this is essentially their bye week. Oh, same thing for the Titans. I don't, I don't remember when their bye was, but they're just going to move it to week four. Yeah, I haven't. That's lost on me. I don't know for sure. But the last, so the last thing that I saw, um, the last thing I heard and that was coming out of ESPN was about moving it to seven and moving. So who knows? Um, fantasy yeah. people, <laughs> if you have a Steeler or a Titan in your lineup for this week, it won't count for this week. It doesn't matter if they play the game in a month. They're not going to retroact points. Sorry. Richard, you have something you were going to say about it? I was going to say the Steelers buys week eight. Okay. So it was one week off. 
So the Steelers Ravens both had a bye week in week eight after they would have had a game in week seven. Awkward. So, the, well, here we go. The first one o'clock game then that pops up would be the Baltimore Ravens. Um, two and one Baltimore heads into DC to take on that team in DC or whatever you want to call them. Um, one and two. And I'm sorry, I, I'm picking Baltimore third week in a row, fourth week in a row, whatever it is. It again, we said it before, there's just so much going on in it with the team in DC or whatever. And Haskins is was a turnover machine last week. I think Baltimore just picks them apart. Jordan. Yeah, I agree. I'm going with Baltimore also. Um, we keep we keep picking on New York, but while we're on the Washington game, I'm just going to throw this stat out there. Uh, the NFC East in the first three weeks is a combined two nine and one with the Cincinnati and Philadelphia tie last week. So there, it's not just the Giants. The NFC East is just a trash heap. Pretty abysmal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what we're so saying <laughs> somebody made a joke and I want to again the soapbox thing but this is this will take a second I watched and I've, I've name dropped this dude a handful of times there's a, a YouTube channel called urinating tree he does this weekend sports the weekend sports ball or however he words it and he makes a joke about the NFC East he goes can we just remove that their automatic playoff spot for their division winner and just give it to another team in the NFC West. But it's true that this is this terrible division. Rich. Unfortunately, I am going to take the Ravens. Cause Washington just, I, I don't even know. Washington's just not a team, even though they are the football team. They are the football team. Kind of. And after the piss poor showing on Monday night, Baltimore's offense is going to come to play. They better because they sure didn't show up on Monday night. So moving to the next one o'clock game, Cleveland, who is a surprising two and one, travels to Dallas to take on the one and two Cowboys in, in another crazy NFC East team. That's there. Those are the two teams with wins by the way, D.C. and Dallas. Um, I took Dallas in this one. I just don't know that Baker and company are going to come down there and do it. The Cowboys are fired up. I think they've got a lot to prove, and they've, they've got to do something. This is their chance to take control of the division. Rich? I took Dallas as well. I think they have a better run defense than the, the two teams that Cleveland has just faced. So their one-two punch is not going to be running all over them. Jordan? Yeah, I, I also took Dallas. It's going to be a clean sweep. Uh, I actually picked, not just like with talking to my buddies, not actually on record on the show until now, but I actually picked Dallas to win the NFC East, and they're on track to do so as of right now. <laughs> they could win the NFC East with five wins the way that the season's going. Yeah. Five and 11 will win your division. Terrible with that. Anyway, moving along. Um, New Orleans heads to Detroit, taking on the Lions. The Lions in that crazy 
uh, surprise win against Arizona last week. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Kyler Murray, by the way, is one of five quarterbacks in the National Football League to have more than one interception in each game this season. Or to have thrown at least one interception in each game this season. Let's put it that way. Um, Saints-Lions from Detroit. I think New Orleans is going to get this when the Lions aren't going to stay hot. Their defense just, I don't know if it was Kyler Murray pressing too much or if it was really their their defense. But I think at the end of the day, New Orleans, and we talked about it, they don't, Drew Brees is safe. He hasn't thrown the ball deep um, with the regularity that he has the last few seasons. I think New Orleans is going to come away with this one. Rich? I, too, took New Orleans. I just think at some point they're going to turn it around and turn it on. Jordan? Yeah, I'm also taking New Orleans. Um, I just think that Sean Payton is like an offensive genius. The way he uses his offensive players is like no other coach in the NFL. Like the things they do with Taysom Hill and just, I, I don't know, the guy's just an offensive genius. So I'm taking New Orleans for the win. Game on. Moving right along, the 2-1 and one Colts travel to Chicago to take on the surprising 3-0 and o Bears. And I don't know if Nick Foles has the juice I know Philip Rivers has kind of been a little iffy on his game, but I took Indianapolis in this one. I just don't know that the Bears can keep up this can half magic. Jordan? I'm going with Chicago in this one. I just think, I don't know, they're playing good ball right now. And with the with the quarterback change to Nick Foles, I just think they're, they're going to win this game. Rich? I took Indy. I think they finally got uh, Taylor rolling, and uh, I just think they'll beat Chicago. <laughs> Next on the dock at Jacksonville, one and two takes on the currently winless, should have gotten the win against Philadelphia last week, Bengals. Um, I took Cincinnati in this one. I don't think Jacksonville is what – the team that showed up for week two for Jacksonville is not the team that is going to represent them for the rest of the season. And Burrow's got to get one at some point. And I think Jacksonville, the way that they can let up points on defense before they decide that, oh, shit, we have to play a football game, is going to come back to bite them in the ass. And and hopefully this is Joe Burrow's week. I think he's showing the fire. He's got to get it at some point. Rich? I, too, took Cincinnati. I think – after some of the hits that Burrow took last week and still came back in that game and still played for a rookie a pretty good game, I, I think this is finally his, his time to win one. Jordan? This was going to be my surprise pick of the week because I thought that neither one of you guys was going to pick Cincinnati, but I'm picking Cincinnati also. <laughs> <laughs> this was going to be like my sleeper pick, but all three of us are going Cincinnati, so no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> one of the amazing games that could happen this week, and Rich made the point that one of these two team seasons is going to be officially over after this one. Minnesota on the road in Houston to take on the Texans, and I threw out some interesting stats. And thanks, Rich, for for well, in in principle, uh, trading me David Johnson this afternoon. I think that he is. He might not have a day like he's had in the past, but I think this is where the Houston's offensive train starts to get rolling a little bit. This is I think one of the like 
kind of, kind of going back on the sidebar a little bit, but this will also be quick. I think it's kind of funny that you make a trade for David Johnson after you just like completely trashed him on the show. I did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I he's, he's not the guy. Him. He had one good, really good year, but I needed, you know, it, it, and, and in fantasy terms, I told Rich I need a running back. I don't care who it is. Just send me something, and we'll, you know, if I like it, I like it. And when he said, when he sent me David Johnson, I was like, he is going up against like the absolute shittiest defense in football, well, right? So, yeah, you know, aside of the Jets. It also kind of strikes me as funny that both of us, I also need running back help with James Conner being out. And it also strikes me as funny that both of us go to Rich. Like, I, I texted Rich and I said, I have interest in Ronald Jones. Can we do something? And it turns out we can't. Like, I got Ronald Jones for Darius Slayton. So, it turns out we could. I just think it's funny that both of us went to the same guy to make that's a trade. Because, that's because if, if there's 32 starting running backs in the NFL, Rich had 15 of them. Just, yeah. right? <laughs> just so and you know. zero wide receivers that catch anything. So I right. go get there, there you go. <laughs> we sent you some wide receivers. Um, anyway, I picked Houston in this game. Houston, I just think this is this will be less pressure for Deshaun Watson. He'll be able to kind of do his thing and, and spread the ball around a little bit and kind of not have that pressure of taking on a top defense like Pittsburgh and having to scramble and carry the whole game by yourself. There's going to be plenty of room against the 31st ranked defense in the, in the, in the NFL. Jordan. I'm going with the Texans in this one. I just think, I mean, with the, I don't know. I kind of just lost my train of thought. But with the game that Deshaun Watson had last week, I think he's looking to redeem himself. So I think this is the game to do it. Rich? I think Houston has a problem. I am taking Minnesota. If they don't beat the 31st-ranked defense in, in the National Football League, they might have more of a problem than even Rich has given them credit for right now. Holy cow. Um, Arizona two and one against Carolina one and two. And I brought up the stat about Kyler Murray. He's one of five quarterbacks who have thrown at least one or more interceptions in a game. And last week against, I don't know what it was that he just, he like, it was early Christmas in Detroit. He just here, you can have the ball back here. No, we don't want to win here. You can have the ball back. I, I think he rebounds. Carolina really hasn't. They just haven't. I mean, I don't. Teddy Bridgewater is looking okay. He's he's not there yet. I, the defense can be kind of suspect. I think I have Arizona in this one. For me, that was easy. Rich? I, too, took Arizona in this game. I think that they had just an off week, and this week they'll come back. Jordan? Yeah, I, too, am with Arizona. I just think that, like you're saying, Teddy Bridgewater just isn't there yet, but Carolina is missing Ron CMC. I mean, he would set up, especially somebody like Robbie Anderson, who's a real good deep threat for Carolina. They're just missing like that play action type play that obviously CMC will set up in the run game with his rushing. They're just missing the the play action and then the long bomb. They're, they're, that's just missing right now from their offense. So I think Arizona is going to pull this one out. All right, moving to... I almost said San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one in Tampa. I took Tampa. This offense, it's clicking. 
Um, Brady, it sounds like he's going to be missing Godwin for this one. I don't think it matters. You still have Kronk. You still have Mike Evans. There's just, he has weapons. His running backs have kind of not really come into form of what he's looking for, but I just don't think that Herbert and the Chargers, they're just, they're not on pace yet. He's almost, he's almost with Joe Burrow as far as he needs to turn that corner and being surprised you're going to be thrown in and be the quarterback right now. I don't want to say it's hurt him, but he still has a lot to learn. I took Tampa Bay. Jordan? Yeah, I'm also going with Tampa Bay. And just to kind of pick up on what you said about Gronk, I'm really not sure they brought him in to Tampa Bay to be a pass catcher. He's uh, In the first three weeks, I think he caught two passes. They brought him in essentially to block for the running backs. I'm not really sure they brought him in to be a pass catcher, me, me personally. It doesn't look that way. Rich? Get the brooms out, fellas. going to be a clean sweep. I'm taking Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Next up, Seattle on the road in Miami. And I don't know if it's Magic or Fitzception, which one of them is going to show up. It. I took Seattle. They're just they're too good. Seattle's just too good. Rich? I took Seattle. Russell Wilson is just playing out of his mind right now. He's playing a video game, and we're getting to watch. It there's moments. It just, it's not even fair. Jordan, I mean, for me, this is a no-brainer. Kind of like you said again, like when we were talking about the Cardinals. For me, this is a no-brainer. You have to go with Seattle. Watch Miami pull the upset off. It'd be the end of that. Going into the four o'clock games, and and this one is almost this is a no brainer for me too. The Giants heading out west to take on the Rams. I took the Rams. I just the Giants are in a world of hurt, and I I think the only upside for the Giants is they understand that they are bad. They understand that they need help. They just I don't think they have the got the right people to make the changes to get them help. And I would have. I mean, we're trying to hurry this episode along. Um, we can all, we just ask the question, we can, I can, I can ask the question, um, send us in, in the comments on Facebook or send us a message about it. What are the odds that they scrap Daniel Jones and draft Trevor Lawrence when they go one and 15 this season? Anyway, I took the Rams, Rich. I too took the Rams. I just think they're just the better. Jordan. Yeah, this is. This might be a, a surprise, but I'm going against my team and also going with Los Angeles. I'm picking the Rams. There's just too much going on in New York. I mean, like you're saying, there's just a ton of problems, not just with the Giants in New York in general, Giants and Jets. But me personally, as a fan, just to weigh in on what you said about Trevor Lawrence, personally, as a fan, I hope we do to go that direction. I, I want to see Trevor Lawrence in a Giants uniform next year. It could look if they go one and fifteen, it could happen. Next game up, New England on the road in Kansas City. And a couple years ago, I would have said this was going to be a great matchup when it was Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, and they kind of did that um, in the AFC Championship game. And then there was all the overtime controversy and all that nonsense. Um, this is a whole new Patriots team, and they're winning games, but I don't. I, there's for me, there's no respect in the way they're winning football games right now. It's they're not beating teams 
the way that you're so used to New England beating teams. For, I'm taking Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is going to show them exactly how you win a football game. Jordan? Yeah, I'm also going with Kansas City. There's just too much firepower on that offense, and I just don't see the defense shutting them down. So, Chiefs all day. Rich? I, too, am taking Kansas City. They're, they've won three of the last four against New England, even with Tom Brady there. I think this is a easy one for them. Buffalo will close out the 4 o'clock games as they head to Vegas. The 3-0 and Bills taking on the 2-1 Raiders. I took Buffalo. Rich has said it going back to when he was drafted. Josh Allen's the real deal, man. I mean, God bless Wyoming, I guess. I mean, who knew? Um, this kid is just something else. He's so much fun to watch play right now. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, I don't think you're having flashbacks to Jim Kelly because Kelly didn't run like this. But this kid, he's t- he's taking that next step. He's like he, his third year in the league. I can see Joe Burrow doing this in three years. I can definitely see you know Herbert maybe in two because I think Herbert was more game ready season um, than Burrow was, in my opinion. But I have Buffalo all over this one. I just don't know that Vegas has an answer for for Josh Allen. Rich? I'm taking Buffalo, too. And as long as Josh Allen can cut down the turnovers, because he had turnovers again last week, like this kid's going to be dangerous. But Buffalo all the way here. Jordan? Yeah, I'm going Buffalo. Um, I just think, like, this was an interesting uh, fact that caught my eye with John Gruden. He was one of five coaches in week two that was fined $5,000 for not wearing his mask properly on the sideline. Uh, week, in week three, it got better. More coaches were wearing the mask properly. I just think it was funny that the NFL fined five coaches that much money for not wearing the mask properly. For not wearing your mask. See, wear your mask, damn it. There's nobody in the stadium you can share COVID with. Wear your mask. But wear your mask. Make sure but it's wear not, your, don't wear, wear it with a chin strap. Make sure it's on your face. Right, it's got to be. Maybe he can get one of those face shields like uh, Andy Reid has in Kansas City. Who knows? Then you could hear him yell. He wouldn't have a problem. Um, the Sunday night game, and this could be incredibly entertaining too. Um, the Eagles on the road in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. And it's it sounds like it's still going to be Nick Mullins for San Francisco. And if you're an Eagles fan, yes, it's still going to be Carson Wentz. I'm taking San Francisco. I there You can't take enough away from San Francisco to not beat the Eagles right now. You could trot out Southwest McNeese State to play the Eagles, and they'd probably have a hard time with it. Jordan? Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers. I mean, I know they have a lot of offensive injuries. And if memory serves correct, I don't think they're getting anybody back. But they just trounced the Giants 36-9 to last week. And they're going up against another NFC East opponent here in the Eagles. And like we, just, like we keep saying, the NFC East is garbage. So I think the 49ers are just going to win this one. Rich? I like watching Eagles fans cry. I'm taking San Francisco all the way. <laughs> Making it easy. And I'm, I'm sure the Monday night game is going to be just as easy. We talked about the stat line um, in the first segment. The Falcons on the road in Green Bay. I, 
Rich and I agree. I'm sure Jordan's in the same boat. This isn't even going to be close. And if it is close, by the time the third quarter comes to an end, it's not going to be close. And Lamar Jackson, this you need to watch this game, son. You need to watch what Aaron Jones, and you need to watch what Aaron, Adam Jones, Aaron Rodgers, what they do Monday night to Atlanta. This is what you have to do. This is when you want to call yourself an elite MVP quarterback. This is what you need to do. When you play these teams and you have a chance to put them away and you have a chance to show that you're elite, you got to show you're elite. This is an easy Green Bay for me. Rich? No, absolutely. Green Bay should, by all means, destroy Atlanta. Jordan? Yeah, for me, this is a no-brainer. I'm going Green Bay. But just a small uh, thing here on uh, Atlanta, they're supposed to get Julio Jones back in this game, and I really don't think that's going to make that much of a difference. He did return to practice today after missing last week, but I, I just don't think he's – one player doesn't make a team. He's I mean, he can't do everything. So I think Green Bay is going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a fun week in the National Football League and only two lone wolf games this week. Jordan taking Chicago over the Colts and Rich taking Minnesota over Houston. So I think we've learned our – maybe we've learned our lesson. I don't know, unless we all get some crazy insider information. Rich, before we get out of here, do you have a bold prediction for this week? And please don't let it be Atlanta shocks Green Bay in the Monday night game. No, it's definitely not that. I would like to say Pitt would have been 4-0 had they played this week. Now, if the game goes to week seven, I don't know how that will play out. Rich's bold prediction was but, Pittsburgh uh, was going to be 4-0. <laughs> No, I, my, my, my kid's getting ready for soccer. Game on. Um, I don't even remember what I really look like that. But... Oh, well, my bold prediction was Gase was going to be fired after tonight's game, but they came out today and said, tonight's game doesn't matter. I think that's why Denver rolls. I mean, when you tell your head coach it doesn't matter, you have no reason to, to – no incentive. Yeah. None. Because the they Jets said are going to be, be a shit show. Arnold, if they no, yeah. Adam Gase should never, he should never got the, the job in Miami. He should never have been a head coach. The guy's just not, I mean, like we talked about with Sean Payton being an offensive genius. Adam Gase, when it comes to football, is almost clueless. This guy should not be a head coach. <laughs> right? Well, hey, look, like we do every week, um, we're going to put the picks online. We're going to get this thing, you know, published and sent out to you guys before the game tonight. Um, whether you agree with our picks or not, hit us up in the comments. Corey, if you're listening to this, remember, I want to know if 4-0 the last time the Bears were 4-0 was in 1985 when they won the Super Bowl with that incredible team. Um, let us know next week. Corey will be here for week five for the picks um, like we do every week. Get yourselves a beer and a dog. Pull up your favorite chair. We'll catch you again next week right here in the Cheap Seats.